T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening till 11 p.m. And uh, we've got lots of things on tap to go through this evening. But uh, but before we do, uh, you know, talking about this Bill Cosby story, here here's the part that I'm actually looking forward to. Have you ever watched Keenan Thompson on SNL do a Bill Cosby impression? He he does the best, and I mean the best Bill Cosby impression. And so I, <laughs> I'm just during the break, I was just laughing, thinking about how Keenan Thompson uh, is going to uh, satirize Bill Cosby's release from prison. Uh, and it'll be politically incorrect. It will be snarky. It will be uh, probably cringeworthy uh, to social justice warriors on the left. But I can promise you this, it will be funny. I mean, I, unlike a lot of things on SNL recently, and in fact, in recent memory, hasn't been a lot of funny stuff on SNL, but this will be a must-see. I don't know when SNL comes back from their summer break, but uh, I can promise you, promise you I will be watching that. Hey, I want to go now to uh, producer extraordinaire Mike Anderson uh, because I, I got a question for you, Mike. And Mike always looks like, oh, Brad, what are you doing? What is he dragging me into You're dragging now? me into something. And I never prep him ahead of time because then that ruins it. But but uh, do you know do you know what a magic eraser is? Mm, I feel like it's very familiar, and I've probably even used one. Yeah, but, uh, magic eraser no. are those white. Uh, they're they're not like sponges, but they're they're white, and they're made by Procter and Gamble. And if you get if you got scuff marks on your furniture, on the walls, you take it and you rub it on something, and it makes the makes the scuff marks sure. disappear. It's like a predecessor to like a Tide pen type thing. Exactly, but a Tide pen is more for clothing. Gotcha. And this is for everything in your house. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now there was a TikTok user who's now gotten oh, uh, millions of views. I don't know what it's up to now, but she's gotten millions of views because she recommends using the magic eraser to get the tough stains out of your teeth. Oh, boy. For teeth whitening. Would you, would you use a magic eraser on, the recommend, on your teeth now on the recommendation of some 
TikTok user. You know, I'm the kind of guy that feels sick whenever cleaning products are just in my vicinity. Yeah. Like, if, you know, when you're using Pledge to clean your room mm-hmm. or you're using a bunch of Windex or something, just something about those chemicals yeah. stuffs me up and makes me feel, you know, a little groggier. So I feel like sticking an actual cleaning product in your mouth mm-hmm. would probably multiply those side effects. Well, and not only that, it's lethal. Yeah, that, that's that's certainly a multiplication of side effects. It, it, it is. Have you ever seen the movie Plan Nine from Outer Space? No. Oh, you got to watch this movie. It's universally seen as the worst movie ever made. You've heard of it from you? Yes. For, only from me, yes. really? I'm about old... once a show, Brett. Oh, come on! I don't talk about Plan Nine that <laughs> often. But I'll check the tape. Check. The, yeah, we'll go back to the audio tape on that one. But but Bella, it was Bella Lugosi's last movie. Oh, Bella Lugosi. And you know Bella Lugosi, who's classically no, you don't even know who he is, no. do you? It's a guy. Bella, you don't know who Bella. Come on, he's got to be a lawyer. He's not a lawyer. He played. He originated the role of Dracula. Okay. Yep. Okay, and he's very aristocratic. He's got a Eastern European accent. Matt, you know who he is, right? Okay, so Matt's shaking his head. You, I can't believe I'm in this room with children who don't know who <laughs> Bella Lugosi is. I wasn't around in 1931. Well, neither like was I. Oh, okay. I wasn't alive then. Okay, but here's what Bella Lugosi originated: the aristocratic Dracula, who's classy and um, acts like a prince. He's the prince of darkness, and and so he would. He was v- v- hugely popular. But you just said actors only do what's written for them. That's true. But he he gave it his own sense of class and spin. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, anyway, this was his last movie. And he was doing movies whenever they weren't making Tom Cruise money. Okay. They were making nothing. And so he was just destitute at the end of his life. And by the time he made Plan 9 from Outer Space, he was completely flat broke. He was also alcoholic. And he would drink formaldehyde to get a buzz. Wow. Now, formaldehyde is also used as embalming fluid Hmm. for corpses. Yeah. So it's pretty strong stuff. Well, it killed him halfway through this movie, Plan 9 from Outer Space. So the the director, Ed Wood, replaced him with his chiropractor, (laughs) who happened to be seven inches taller than Bela Lugosi and didn't look a thing like him. So the rest of the movie, he walks around with a cape over his face, and of course you can't see this on radio, but doing like his Dracula thing, because you weren't supposed to notice that he was replaced by an actor who's seven inches taller than him. Hmm. But formaldehyde, the stuff that killed Bela Lugosi, is in the magic erasers that TikTok morons are using to give themselves white teeth. Hmm. So listen, don't take your your, uh, personal hygiene advice from anyone on TikTok. Or Just, vampires. Or vampires. That's correct. Or vampires. Uh, so, yeah, Bella Lugosi. Look him up. Uh, <laughs> formaldehyde did not do well on him, and nor will it for you. Hey, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Brian McGough. He's the co-founder of a sports management firm called Bricky Digital. And we're going to talk to him because the Supreme Court last week opened up the door to get more revenue for college athletes. And Brian McGough, he's a he's a sports management expert 
And we're going to talk to him not about the legalities of what the Supreme Court did, but about the practicality as to how this could impact college sports forever. Brad Young here at your service on Camo X. We'll be right back. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX. Brad Young, at your service tonight here on KMOX. You've heard me talking before uh, last week about the Supreme Court decision in the NCAA versus Alston uh, involving, the obviously, the NCAA and how sports uh how how sports athletics works on the collegiate level from a revenue standpoint so to break down the practical effects of this supreme court case i reached out to brian mcgoff he's the co-founder of a sports management firm called bricky digital which which is a unique sports management firm that works with athletes really to help guide their personal and professional lives even after their sports career is over hey Brian McGough, welcome to KMOX. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate your time this evening. And as you heard and as we're going to be discussing this evening, the Supreme Court rendered this decision. It was a unanimous decision in NCAA versus Alston that really ended a a seven-year legal battle ruling that the NCAA cannot prohibit its member schools from providing athletes with certain forms of education-related benefits, such as paid postgraduate internships and scholarships for graduate school or even free laptops or musical instruments. But I wanted to talk to you because how important is this particular decision to college athletics? It's an extremely important decision, and and you're right. It's been an age-old question. It's been one that's been on the books for a while. But the reason why it's most important is because of name, image, and likeness. And I'm sure you've heard that word buzzing around. And starting uh, as of July 1, so we're going to have a few states that are going live. So college athletes are going to be able to receive money, endorsement dollars, for their name, image, and likeness. So the tone that the Supreme Court set by virtually unanimously backing the student-athletes saying, hey, there's some antitrust laws that may be broken here. There's some things that are going on. It's setting the tone. It's setting the precedent for this name, image, and likeness that's uh, about to hit the table this week. Yeah, the example that I I try to give to folks legally, I'm an attorney, and how I try to explain what this is, is I compare oftentimes – the NCAA, uh, to the gas company or to the electric company, which means it's a monopoly. We all know it's a monopoly, but there are certain legal restrictions that allow it to operate as a monopoly as long as it doesn't engage in too many monopolistic behaviors. And so this is what I think was the was the crux of this case, was that the NCAA went too far in terms of trying to control what is, in essence, a legalized monopoly. Is that a fair assessment? I think that's a very great assessment, and that's that's virtually what the Supreme Court said: is Hey, this is this is looking monop- like a monopoly, and there's price fixing, and there's antitrust laws here that may be broken in the capitalistic market. You can't limit one's ability mm-hmm. to earn or make money, and that's exactly what's been happening in the college setting. My uh, my daughter received a full ride scholarship for rowing at a Division One school, but you know I quickly found out, Brian, that that a full ride didn't really mean free college. Uh, for my mm-hmm. daughter, it wasn't really yep. an issue yep. because I paid for what the scholarship didn't cover. But this Supreme Court decision will make a difference for those student athletes who might might struggle to pay those costs that aren't covered. 
You know, I hope so. I hope it, I hope it makes it equitable. And that, that is something that's always been brought up is, you know, they say, oh, well, should these students be compensated? Well, they're actually receiving scholarships. Well, like you just said, that may be the case for some, but even not the case for all. And even in the case where it is for some, there's still things that, that are being paid for. So I think the question is, how are they going to make this equitable throughout all the student athletes and make sure everybody's getting a fair share? At the end of the day, hey, look, Money aside, we need to make sure the student-athletes are being put first, and this is a priority of their education and making sure that they're set to move forward in their career, whether it's in athletics or in another endeavor. But never putting them outside of the main priority, I think it's going to be the, the main key here. We're talking to Brian McGough. He's the co-founder of sports management firm Bricky Digital. And from my perspective, the, the concurring opinion written by Justice Brett Kavanaugh may be more impactful in the long run than the actual decision itself in this case. Uh, just one quote from Justice Kavanaugh's concurring opinion. He said, quote, NCAA's business model of using unpaid student-athletes to generate billions of dollars in revenue for the colleges raises serious questions under antitrust laws, unquote. So this statement from the concurring opinion from Justice Kavanaugh, do you think it's a signpost pointing to a future where college athletes are going to be paid just like professional athletes? I think that there's, it's going to raise some questions for the ability for them to earn, earn, earn money, and that's exactly what's happening right now. And, and the NCAA has to see, and I think they're, they're at a point where they need to step up to the table and make a decision on what they want to do here especially with a handful of these states becoming legal as of July 1, with certain states having the ability to pay players and certain ones not being able to imagine what that will do to the recruiting process. So Hmm. there's really going to need to be some uniformity all the way around here coming pretty quick. Well, the NCAA just issued some rules, I think, late in the day today, and it kind of tracks, you've already mentioned it, Illinois is one state, Ohio is another, and there's a multitude of other states uh, that are going to allow college athletes to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. You already mentioned those three things. Uh, uh, but will, will this impact all states? In other words, now that the NCAA looks like is going to formalize allowing athletes to get paid for their name, image, or likeness, is that going to apply even in states that don't legalize it, or is it going to require states individually to pass laws allowing athletes to recoup money for their name, image, and likeness? You know, as of now, everything has had to be state-by-state passed through legislation. So there are certain states that have um, already passed the bill. It's been signed. There are certain ones that are Missouri, for example. It's on the governor's desk to be approved, I believe, in the end of August. So there's a handful of states that are on a different basis. The hope was that prior to July 1, the NCAA was going to come out with some sort of uniformity for all of the schools, but I still believe that each state is going to have to come up with their own legislation that will have to pass through. But hopefully at the end there will be uniformity that the NCAA can give some guidance and everybody will be on the same page. We're talking to Brian McGough, co-founder of sports management firm Bricky Digital. And let's go down the road a bit because what we've been talking about so far this evening, Brian, has just been athletes being able to to receive outside compensation for their name, image, and likeness. And from my perspective, it's almost like they're kind of gig workers now. You know, it's kind of like they could they can drive an Uber car on the side and get paid because they're still not being paid for their actual services that they're providing to the colleges. Number one, do you foresee a right. day when that will happen, where they're actually paid to compete in college athletics? And secondly, if that day does arise at some point, 
is it possible that that could raise unforeseen issues such as unionization issues, strikes, uh, ADA litigation, or even possibly entitlement to workers' compensation benefits? Yeah, I think all those things are, are definitely possible. And I think once you bring money into the equation, it's it's going to be, you know, it's, it's the age-old question. Is it going to taint the process of college athletics? And I think once you start paying players in college, you know, you it's definitely a slippery slope. Whether they receive outside dollars, I think that's a completely different story. But when we get into the schools actually paying players to, to come play at the college, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get there. I don't I don't think we will because I think that would taint the process. I think the, the recruiting um, process would be a nightmare for colleges in, in different states throughout that. But if it did get there, I believe that there would definitely have to be some sort of union that would take over and, and monitor the whole process and make sure everything was on the same playing field for everyone. Well, Brian McGough, I know you're a CPA. You've got your MBA degree. You're the co-founder of sports management firm Bricky Digital. Tell us a little bit about what your sports management company does. Absolutely. We work with uh, professional athletes to help guide them through their professional life, not only while they're playing sports, but afterwards as well. We've realized that the statistics in professional sports are, are pretty bad. It says about 80% of players go broke within two to three years. So we help that by surrounding all of our players with a family environment and a team of advisory of accountants, CPAs, uh, trusts, um, attorneys, marketing department. And we work on really building up their brand as a person, who they are outside of an athlete. So when they're done playing sports, they have something to rely on. Wow. What a, what a great service that you're providing. Brian McGough, co-founder of Bricky Digital. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this evening on X. Hey, you got it, Brad. Thanks. Have a great night. Thank you. Hey, when we come back from this break, I want to hear from you. Should college athletes be paid for their actual services? In other words, should they be paid for playing football or basketball just like just like professional athletes? Or do you like this kind of a hybrid system that it looks like we're creating in this country where student-athletes will still be students – They won't be paid for their services that they provide, but they will be able to earn money on the side for their names, their image, their likeness, and so they can kind of get the best of both worlds. What do you think? 314-436-7900, phone or text. Would love to hear from you this evening on At Your Service. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10.15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. That, my friends is the theme song from The Birds. Alfred Hitchcock, Tippi Hedren, the movie that strikes fear in the hearts of women everywhere, The Birds. But, uh, you know, there's a group here in the Missouri, actually it's a nationwide group, that uh, it's called Birds Aren't Real. Birds Aren't Real. That's the name of the organization. And... <laughs> They had a rally last week in Springfield, Missouri, as a part of a movement claiming that birds are actually drones operated by the government. Now, I love conspiracy theories. I love them, even though I rarely believe them. But they're so fun because facts are simply not required. You know, in my line of work as an attorney, I, you know, facts are what I live by. I have to I have to argue facts. I have to be able to support it when I argue in front of the court of appeals. And a court of appeals judge says, "Brad, what are your what are your facts to support that contention?" I have to have an answer, and if I don't, I lose. So that's what I love about conspiracy theories because facts are optional. In fact, oftentimes facts get in the way. So this group is called Birds Aren't Real, and uh, and listen, I think this is. It's it's really uh, it's a it's a mock organization designed to poke fun at the conspiracy theories that we deal with every day. I mean, for example, conspiracy theories. I heard this week when the or last week when the Miami condo collapsed. The first thing I heard was that there was somehow Jeffrey Epstein records were stored in the condo, and that's why it was brought down by uh, by the deep state. Well, there's no there's no evidence of that. That's just made up, right? But it makes for a good story. So this group, birds aren't real. It, it, what's really interesting about this group is they rely on internet fueled marketing campaign to spread really their silly message, and. Uh, the guy who's running this, his name is Peter McIndoe. He is truly the creative muscle behind, I don't know, these avian-inspired conspiracy theories. Uh, and he was interviewed this week in Springfield, Missouri. And I'm bringing this up because they're having a rally this Friday at the Gateway Arch. This Friday at the Gateway Arch, Birds Aren't Real, led by Peter McIndoe. Here's what Peter McIndoe said about Birds Aren't Real. My name is Peter and I live, breathe, and die for the feathered gospel, which states that every bird alive is a government surveillance drone um, in disguise um, <laughs> that's basically watching probably us having this conversation right now. Yeah, so um, well, what, we, what we believe, and I know, uh, you know other people may not believe it, but what we believe um, is that all 12 billion birds in the United States are, are artificial. Uh, what makes me think that, um, I mean, I, I, 
I think the evidence is all around us. Birds sit on power lines. We believe they're charging on power lines. <laughs> um, we believe that bird poop on cars is, you know, a liquid tracking apparatus. Bird poop. Um, you know, built to track people across. I and mean, I think you know, we live generally in a, in a surveillance state in the United States right now. Um, and birds are, is, are just one part of that surveillance state. So every um, bird is assigned to one person normally from our research. And that's the thing. I don't speak about anything I can't like prove in a court of law. Um, I speak about things I've seen documented. I've seen you know the documentation for these, and we've actually had CIA agents come forward and confess to this. I don't speak about anything that I can't prove in a court of law. Really, Peter? Come on down. I've got I've got some courts I'll take you to. I'll escort you into the courtroom, and we'll see how your theories hold up to a judge. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite is. Bird poop is really a liquid tracking device. We That's believe that bird poop on cars is, you know, a liquid tracking apparatus. There you go. I mean, that. listen, case closed. And the fact that he says that the CIA people have confirmed it to him, I mean, that, 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 to be, well, that seals the deal right there. Of course, all 12 billion birds are drones. And the other part is, you know, there used to be uh, 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 2,000 years ago, there was this idea that angels, everyone had their own angel out watching over you. But maybe they were bird drones even back then, because now you've got your own, you've got your own personal bird drone that's following you. And so you, what you need to start doing is there's something called an SDR. If you, if you read any Tom Clancy novels, you're going to know SDR stands for Surveillance Detection Route. So when you're walking down the street, you're supposed to dart into buildings. You're supposed to turn around quickly. You're supposed to look into the glass of a shopping window to be able to see who's following you. But now you got to watch out for those dastardly little birds that are assigned to track you. Now, listen, I, I know some folks that uh, if there are birds tracking them, those those birds are not tracking anything interesting, I can assure you. So, uh, and then the other part is, how do you explain how all these birds are following people? Well, of course we know they're sitting on power lines, and that's how they get their batteries recharged. It's classic. Birds sit on power lines. We believe they're charging on power lines. Oh, it explains it away. I mean, this is like Dr. Michael Lynch stuff here, where every hole gets has a made-up explanation to explain away the inconsistency. It's brilliant. It's genius. And this group uh, uh, had this rally down in Springfield last week. There were hundreds and hundreds, I'm not going to say thousands, but there were hundreds and hundreds of people showing up at this rally. And I'm like, Hey, dude, get a job, you know, come on. What do you, what, you're showing up at a rally for birds aren't real? Get a job, pal. Uh, but now they're going to be coming right here to St. Louis. They're going to be at the Gateway Arch this Friday. I'm thinking about going, but you know what? I mean, if you believe in their cause, they're, they're going to know you're coming because the birds are tracking you. You know, and I don't know what to what extent this organization can tap into the surveillance data from the bird drones, but the chances are, if you're on your way to this rally, someone's following you, and the CIA is going to know you're going to be there. So uh, make sure that you exercise that surveillance detection route uh, when you go there. But this was even covered in Newsweek magazine last week. Uh, and allegedly, allegedly this organization was created in the 50s, but uh, this Peter McIndoe just kind of picked it up and started running with it in, in 2017. So listen, next time 
uh, you find uh, that either your shoulder or your car is covered uh, with a liquid tracking apparatus. Uh, be very careful. You might want to save that. I mean, that could be technology that you could put to good use rather than just uh, wiping it off and, and looking silly. Uh, so, yes, birds aren't real with apologies, uh, with my apologies, rather, to uh, to Alfred Hitchcock. Sorry about that. I wonder if he knew. You know, if you've ever seen that movie, Mike, have you seen that movie before? Yes, I have. Is that a, like one of your favorites? Because you instantly jumped on that as a theme song. Uh, I don't think that movie really stands the test of time too well. It, it always doesn't. frustrated me that, I mean, they're just birds. Just get out of the room. Or here's an idea. Grab a shotgun. Yeah. That, you know, that, too. That, that would take them down rather quickly. I At this point, I think it's fun to go back and watch more so as a comedy, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, it's it, uh, it. To me, you're right. It doesn't stand up. And some of the some of the uh, props for the birds they, they look kind of silly, mm-hmm. as I recall. I mean, most of Hitchcock movies stand up, but you're right. That That is is not one of them. Uh, hey, when we come back, we're going to go to a break right here. When we come back, we've got some polling data we're going to talk about. Uh, we've also uh, got some uh, information about Britain banning junk food advertising. Lots of things, I would say, on the plate for this evening, but apparently it would be banned uh, in Britain. Brad Young at your service tonight on Camo X. Don't go away. All the news and all that matters to you, the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 11 p.m. And don't forget, after 11 o'clock, we're going to be playing uh, Rewind. We're going to get to hear uh, from St. Louis Talks today with your old buddy Ryan Recker. I know you miss him from Overnight America. He's in with Carol Daniel and Bo Matthews, and you'll be hearing from St. Louis Talks. That'll be at 11 p.m. this evening, so stick around for that. It seems like we've talked about a lot of movies tonight, uh, and one of the movies that came to mind while I was talking uh, uh, to Brian McGough, he was the sports management expert. One of the movies that came to mind was The Blind Side. And you remember that movie from 2009, as I recall. And basically, it was the story of Michael Orr, uh, who ultimately was with the, the Baltimore Ravens. And he, uh, uh, it was his story about how he went to college how he struggled in high school, how he struggled to become a, a football player, and he got motivation from his adoptive mom, played by Sandra Bullock. So there was a the climactic crisis in the movie dealt with whether he a, got some sort of a benefit. He was adopted and pushed and got a financial benefit from, uh, from Tim McGraw, who played his adoptive father, and Sandra Bullock, who played his adoptive mother. And that was the big crisis in the movie was he was going to be investigated. He could have been thrown out of school and so forth. Well, now, under this new Supreme Court case that came down last week, it would be perfectly fine. In other words, that whole tension point of the blind side is now gone uh, because players can receive money on the side. They can get money on the side now because of what the Supreme Court ruled. Uh, but here's the question that I really wanted to put to uh, Brian McGough, but uh, time didn't allow it. But 
if paid internships would conceivably be allowed now for college athletes, what happens? What happens, for example, if you have a top football player prospect and he or she, or if it's for female athletics, she all of a sudden gets a job, a, a job on the side, a paid internship for, oh, I don't know, let's say a Wall Street company. And they agree to pay this kid $300,000 a year to serve donuts at their board meetings. Now, clearly, an internship doesn't get paid $300,000. If that were the case, I'd be serving donuts, okay? I mean, you don't get paid three hundred dollars for serving donuts. But I'm making this example ridiculous to show how in the absence of rules, unless the NCAA puts some rules down on this, these could be exploited and these could be uh, used to the detriment of athletics. Because if someone is getting paid three hundred dollars an for an internship on a Wall Street firm, let's be honest, they're being paid to play football. And they're being paid by someone at that Wall Street firm uh, that graduated from whatever college that this kid's going to be going to, and they're just paying this kid as a way to pay him through college to get him to go to a certain school. I mean, that was the whole, again, crisis point. And the blind side was whether he was actually adopted by this guy, Tim McGraw, who owned a chain of Taco Bells, I think, in reality, but whether he was adopted for the sole purpose of funneling him to Old Miss to play football. Well, that same thing could now happen legally, technically, unless the NCAA comes out with some rules about what guidelines must be in place for these external internships and external opportunities to earn money. And the question I think is going to be, are they tied to you going to a specific school or not? So in other words, if you're Michael Jordan in college, okay, and you're obviously an amazing player, can you get money for endorsement deals? Yeah, absolutely. Your name, your image, your likeness, you can get an endorsement deal. But if you're getting an internship, that might be different from a legal perspective. So we'll have to wait and see. And then as these rules come out, I'll certainly reach out to Brian McGough again uh, to see how these rules are interpreted and applied by the NCAA. Hey, did you know, if I tell you this, you're going to say, duh, of course I knew this. Did you know that U.S. workers are among the most stressed in the world? That's according to a new poll that came out from Gallup. They were interviewing and taking a poll of people around the world, and the U.S. ranked the most stressed. And think about it. What goes into the stress of your job? Uh, I know what goes into the stress of Mike Anderson's job is he's got to put up with me. But besides that, what goes into the stress of your job? And chances are technology is a part of the stuff that makes it stressful because for example, if you are in a service industry now with cell phones and emails and text messaging, let's be honest, you're working 24 hours a day. I mean, in my line of work, I get emails from insurance adjusters that are my clients. Sometimes I get emails from them at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. I get a lot of emails around 5 in the morning. Well, folks, I want to tell you, I'm not working at 2 in the morning. <laughs> and uh, if I'm awake, I'm not working. So, uh, but these adjusters are, 
because technology allows them to be. And, and if you're in, in a position of a management or sales, uh, you're getting texts 24-7, which is extremely stressful. People in Europe don't put up with that. But they're certainly not as efficient, as effective, and they don't crank out the work like Americans do because, you know, they got uh, two-hour siestas over in, uh, in Spain. So, but American workers are the most. 62% of working women in the U.S. reported daily feelings of overwhelming stress. 52% of men said the same. And when you compared it to the rest of the world, in particular Europe, those stress rates were about half about half of what it was for people in the United States. So if you're feeling stressed on the job right now, welcome to the club. Uh, you're in good company with the rest of folks in America. But speaking of Europe, you know, Europe is, it, it seems like U.S. oftentimes will try to track and follow trends that originate in Europe. And I really don't know why that is. I think people in the U.S. have always had Europe Envy. I mean, that's why every leading star in superhero movies, it seems like today, is from England. I mean, wh why is that? Because we have English envy. Not English ivy, but English envy. So it seems like it's, you know, my goodness, if they're, they're from England, then I must listen to them. Um, but England is actually following the U.S. right now in one detrimental area. You remember... A few years ago, Mayor Michael Bloomberg, remember him? He, he's the guy that when he went to, he was running for president, and he went to the first debate, and he was annihilated in that first presidential debate with the other Democrats. Just annihilated. And the next day on overtime here on Camel X, I said, Michael Bloomberg brought his wallet to a knife fight. And and, and that was truly the way it was because he was they just mopped the floor with him. He wasn't ready. He just thought he was going to buy his way into the presidency, and it didn't happen. But a few years ago, when he was mayor of New York, Bloomberg wanted to ban big gulps. Remember this? In other words, he said, you should not, as a consumer, you should not be able to buy a big gulp. Because, my goodness, obesity rates are extremely high in the U.S., and so that big gulp is dangerous for you. And that's what this overreaching liberalism oftentimes does, is it limits choices and it limits the consumer. Well, now apparently England is uh, taking a page from the Michael Bloomberg playbook uh, because they are banning junk food advertising. Starting in 2023, which is just two years from now, the government is going to ban junk food advertising completely online and on television before 9 p.m. So if you want to advertise a Big Mac in England, you got to do it after 9 p.m. Because why? Because of rising obesity rates. Now, I went to Europe when I was uh, a senior in high school. And my buddies and I went to Europe. And my friends, the only thing they wanted to do was to go to McDonald's so they could buy a beer at McDonald's. They thought that was the height of travel. We get to buy a beer at McDonald's. I'm like, guys, come on, let's get fish and chips. We're in Europe, for goodness sakes. Nope. They wanted to buy, buy a beer at McDonald's. But even though you can maybe still buy a beer at McDonald's, you can't advertise any junk food for a McDonald's in England in two years. 
not before 9 p.m., because that is the nanny state at work. Just like in New York, just like with Michael Bloomberg, now we have it in England. Brad Young at your service tonight on KMOX Radio. We'll be back right after this. Stick around. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.